You're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. So I'm reading from Genesis 29, uh, chapter 15. After Jacob had stayed with him for a while, for a month, Laban said to him, Just because you are a relative of mine, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older one was Leah, and the name of the younger one was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel was lovely in form and beautiful. Very interesting. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, such a shallow man. (laughs) Sorry. I'll work for you for seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than to some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. My time is complete and I want to lie with her. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. But when evening came, he took his daughter Leah and gave her to Jacob. And Jacob lay with her. We won't go there. And Laban gave his servant girl. When morning came, there was Leah. Shock, horror. So Jacob said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? I think the question really is, what did he do to himself? (laughs) Anyway, I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Laban replied, it is not custom for us to give the younger daughter before the older daughter. So I had to do this. So he says to him, look, I'll give you Rachel in a week's time and then you can serve me another seven years to have Rachel. So he gets Rachel and he serves another seven years to pay for Rachel. And um, this morning, I get the privilege to talk to you on budgeting. Who is excited to hear my message on budgeting this morning? Because I can tell you, I'm sure excited to share it. Because you know what? The title of my message is Paying the Price. Because I want to talk to you this morning. I'm not going to talk to you about how to budget. I'm not going to show you different budgeting tools. There's so many different ones out there. And which one you want to use, that is your choice. I want to inspire you this morning with the why you should budget so that you leave this place and go choose a tool to budget with. And the reason I share that story is because you know what? In life, we think that Rachel is the answer to our problems, that Rachel's going to solve everything we want in life. We think that that new car, that that new house, that that new TV or those new clothes is going to fill the hole that is in my heart. It's going to make me feel complete. But at the end of the day, we drive that car out of the car lot and we get home and we realize that we bought a Leah, that we didn't get a Rachel that it's not going to fulfill us. It's not going to give the very thing we thought it would, that we've just come home with a Leah. And that's exactly what I don't want to happen to you guys. So what I want to share this morning is some points, there's four points that I wished 
someone shared with me when I was younger, that I had heard this when I was younger so that I didn't have to learn it the hard way, that I could have just listened. So four points that I'm going to share with you that I wish I learned before I brought Leah home. Now, that is kind of funny to some people in the room because my wife's name happens to be Leah. Now, these are not things I wish I learned before I brought her home. And let me tell you, she is not delicate to the eyes. She is a lovely, beautiful woman, and she is a powerhouse. Um, You pretty much never see her in here because she's always doing something in the life of this church. And uh, later on, I'll share a story about her because she's one of my illustrations because she is phenomenal. Um, So it's not about her, but it's about what we wish we learned in life. Because you know what? I remember when I was a kid, for some reason, I, I just saved money. It was just what I did. And till I hit my teenage years. So every dollar I got given, if I went and saw my grandparents, they gave me like a $10 note. I just saved it for some reason. But when I became a teenager, something changed and everything I saved disappeared. And um, I have nothing to show for it. I I believe I bought a lot of like computer games um, for a computer that wouldn't even turn on in this day and age. And you could probably download the games for free right now. Um, So I invested a lot of money in something that was completely tangible and has disappeared. And you go, man, in hindsight, what could have I done with that in my teenage years if I had have stopped and looked at what I was doing? So today I want to get behind the why I'm talking on budgeting. And um, Jesus actually encourages us. There's this scripture that he shares. It's a parable and it's in Matthew. And it says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents of money, to another two talents and to another one and each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey and each one took the talent that they were given and they went and did something with that talent. Some of the, the, the one that got five actually doubled it and had five more at the end. So he had 10. And then so on and so on. The one with three got six. The one with two got four. And the one with one said, I was afraid and I hid it and I didn't do anything with it. And the, when the servant gets back, Jesus is illustrating a point here. The servant gets back and says to him, you wicked and lazy servant, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? I invested something in you, and what did you do with it? I could have gotten more if I just put it in the bank. And he actually takes that talent from him and gives it to the one who now has 10. So he now has 11. And Jesus is trying to illustrate something here. You know, in life, Jesus, God gives us gifts. He gives us talents. He gives us time. He gives us resources. He gives us an ability to make a change. See, he put us here with a purpose, with a destiny for something to achieve. And we will come before him at the end of our days and he will ask us, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with the talents I invested in you? What did you do with the time that I gave you? He gives us a set amount of time to be here on this earth. And you know, he chose this time, this day, this year for you to come. You didn't come in the 1950s and you didn't come in the 2050s. You came now. So he has a reason and a purpose. And the exact same thing, he is investing resources in you. What are you doing with those resources that he is giving you? Are you being diligent? See, God has made us to be a channel. 
He wants his resources to come from him, flow through us and go out into the world because we are called to make a difference in the world that we live in. But if I am a conduit and, and I stop that flow and I take what resources God gave me and I spend them on myself, I'm not fulfilling the purpose that God placed me here for. So I want to empower you this morning to fulfill the purpose that God has made you for. I want your resources to free you to be who God made you, not to limit you, not to hold you back, to free you. Because see, people hear the word budgeting and go, oh, that's restraints, that's restrictions. But no, budgeting is the very thing that sets you free to be who you want to be. Because if we're not budgeting, we don't know where our money's coming or going. We have no idea. But if I budget it, then I can actually do something with it. I can have purpose with my money. So that is why I want to share on budgeting this morning. Because I don't want my life to not have that purpose. I want to be faithful with everything that God places in my hand. Every aspect that God places in my hand, I want to be faithful with that. So you're with me this morning. Do you want to learn about budgeting this morning? Come on. I sure do. <laughs> and I've already preached this once. I'll preach it four more times if you let me. Um, <laughs> so my first point is know your money. Know your money. In Proverbs, I love this. It's a book of wisdom. And, and it's set there for us to have wisdom in our life. And this proverb in um, Proverbs 27, 23. Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. For riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. Now, I asked this this morning. There was only one person in the room representing. But who here has herds and flocks? Anyone in the room got herds and flocks? Oh, it's just the two of us. Just, just Katie again. Come on, Katie. <laughs> my wife, my, my wife, my mum has some sheep, and it, they take a lot of care. Like, it's a lot of work. They don't just happen. Like, there's a lot that goes behind the scenes. And I love how this book tells us to stop and take check to stop and have a look. What is the condition of your herds and flocks? And I love how it goes on also to say that a crown isn't secure for all generations. So just because your parents are well off doesn't mean you're going to be. Just because you're inheriting a big amount of money doesn't mean you will continue on that process. They say first generation made the money are really good with it. The second generation are okay. By the third generation of richness, they generally use it, lose it because they have no concept of what it took to earn it. So that's, the Bible already taught us this. It already said it's not secure for all generations if you don't stop and take check. See, we don't have herds and flocks, but we have money. Our time and our resources, we get money. But are we being diligent with that money that we get? Are we stopping and taking check of the very thing that, that we're giving our time to. So money is time. How we get money is time. Generally, we give about 40, week, 40 hours of our week to get that money. So it is our time. We're investing our time. But then what are we doing with that money? How much time do you give to actually stopping and managing the, the money that you have? We give time to our relationships. We've been speaking about it. Like, it's good to talk to your wife. It's good to go on dates. And then we talk about spiritually, it's good to read the word. It's good to pray. 
We have to give time to these things. We go to the gym. We care about our physical body. We, we work out. We know that exercising is important. But yet, when do we stop and just give some time to our money and know? We have to know. Now, this is a simple beginning of budgeting. What comes in, what goes out. X comes in, Y goes out. If X is smaller than Y, you have a problem. And if you don't know that, you have a bigger problem. So stop. What comes in and what goes out? My wife hates me because I know every dollar that comes in and every dollar that goes out. Um, but she also loves me for that. It's a love-hate relationship. No, no, no. Um, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, she's Leah. She's delicate. Um, so it's the word weak means delicate. Anyway, so we need to know what comes in and what goes out. And that is your starting point. It's actually knowing how much comes in and how much goes out. You know, Jesus shared another parable where he talks about it in Luke. He says, So suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone will see, everyone will see it and will ridicule you. Like he's literally giving us a parable saying, Stop. And think about things before you go and do them. Do you actually have the resources to fulfill that yeah, before you go and do it? Because we live in a world where it's like we want it now. We want that now. We need that now. We, we have to have that now. But we need to stop and take check and say, hang on a second. Can I actually fulfill that? There's two things I'm going to quickly touch on. We have monthly subscriptions. Everything is a monthly subscription base now. And we also have buy it now and pay for it in two years' time. So I need this new TV. I need this new dining room table. I need it now. And they go, that's fine. You can have it now and pay for it in two years' time. Awesome. You go home with your new dining room table. The question I like to ask is if you can't afford it now, what makes you think in two years' time you're going to afford that thing? You're not going to. And they sell it to you because they say, it's just $23 a week. It's just $23 a week. Well, my challenge to you is, then put that $23 a week aside for the next two years and then go buy the dining room table with the cash that you saved up because then you do have the money to buy it. Because if you're buying it before, then you actually don't have the money. And then you're in debt to them. And you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And there's nothing wrong with the table from St. Vinny's. There's nothing wrong with the table. I've got a dining room table that my mum had, and it's awesome. I love it. She gave it to me. Why would I go buy another one? There's nothing wrong with this one. And it's just a simple illustration where we think that, that we can have it now and pay for it later. No, 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 no. Pay for it now and have it later because we want to be different than the world that we live in. And then also there's that whole monthly subscription thing. You know, you pay $11 a month for iTunes, unlimited music. And then we pay like $13 a month for Netflix because we need unlimited movies and unlimited music. And then, like Tony pointed out this morning, we need the unlimited data to be able to play the unlimited music and the unlimited movies. Um, and then we go and get a $150 a month phone because we need that because we need the latest phone. But then suddenly, it all sounds great when you're just saying this much a week, this much a week, but it actually adds up. 
So stop and take check and go, what am I spending my money on? Because that shows you where your heart lies. So make sure you know where your money's going. Now, see, we actually have help nowadays. The banks actually want to help you for once. Yeah, shock, horror. They are competing for your business. And how they are doing that right now is through their app development and their website development. They're like, we've got a better app than they have. We, we have better tools than they have. So they're actually competing for your service. But in the byproduct, we get some awesome apps now for your bank that do everything for you. Like we, we can, I am with ComBank, and you honestly, it tells you where you're spending your money. It can figure out that you spent money at Woolworths, that equals groceries, this is how much a week you're spending on groceries. You spent money at JB Hi-Fi, that's shopping, hence you're spending this much on shopping. At the end of the month, it physically tells you you're spending this much on grocery, this much on eating out, this much on coffee, <laughs> this much on this. And it takes about 10 minutes of the little transactions they missed to just re-sync it and say, that's that, that's that. And then it does it continuously forward. And then you actually know where your money's going. Like, it's that simple. They're, they're helping you nowadays to know where your money's going. And then my question to you is, once you've done that, is your money going where you really want it to? Is that really where you want your money to go? Is that, does that define you? Do you look at it and go, yeah, that's where I wanted my money to be? If not, then we need to stop and take check. And say, what can we shift so that we're in a better position? So the first point was, know your money. And you know what I love about the end of that Luke verse? Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. I love how Jesus doesn't force anything on you. He doesn't say, this is what you have to do. This is how you have to do it. No. He gives us this book and says, you know what? If you want to listen, if you want to read this, then here you go. What I'm, why I read that is because that is so important to me. This isn't telling you what you have to do. This is saying, man, if you want to hear this, then hear it and go and do it. Because that's what's so awesome about Jesus. He just inspires us and gives us the tools to live better. My next point is give purpose to your money. Give purpose to your money. You know, in the next verse, Jacob goes on to talk about how he made Laban really, really rich. His flocks were massive because Jacob was there serving him. And he had no purpose to it. He was just producing more and more flocks and more and more flocks. And Laban was just getting richer and richer. Until eventually, he stops and takes check and goes, no, you know what? From now on, any sheep or any cows that are born that's uh, spotted or speckled, spotted or speckled, <laughs> will be mine, and any sheep that are pure, they will be yours. He suddenly segregated it and gave purpose to them. And then suddenly he started making wealth for himself. He started making wealth for himself because he gave purpose to that wealth. And then later on it came back and said that there was more spotted and speckled sheep because he was like, God blesses us. He gives us more when we're faithful with what he gives us. So once he'd given purpose to it, it became more faithful. And the reason I say this is because one principle I'd love you to catch is give purpose to your money. And how do you do this? I have multiple accounts and I name them all. I name them holiday account, car account, child account, house account, insurance account, um, giveaway account, fun account. 
And every week I break up what I earn in preset amounts into each account. And we did this when we first got married. I think it was $50 a week we put aside into our child account. Now, when we first got married, were we thinking about having a child? No. It was four years later that we had our first kid. But in that four years, we, we had over like four or $5,000 in the child account. There was times where we wanted to buy something or we could have fixed something at the house or, or done something up or got that new dining room table that we still don't have. And it, it's tempting to go, well, the $5,000 is there. Have you ever been in a shop and just opened your app and gone, oh, I've got two grand in the bank. I got paid yesterday. Um, I'm just going to buy this because there's no purpose to your money. But I could turn around and say, no, babe, that money is for our kid. Like that money has a purpose. The same thing if it was your holiday account. I could buy this new T-shirt I've just seen, but I'd have to take it out of the holiday account. Now you suddenly stop and you weigh it up. You go, is that T-shirt worth me sacrificing a holiday? It makes you stop and check because you've given purpose to the money that you have. If it's just sitting there, it has no purpose and you'll just give it away. So when my son was born, we paid for the whole entire hospital, medical fees, his room, his cot, his wheelchair, pram. Everything was paid for out of the child account and I didn't have to worry about it. I didn't have to sit there going, oh, how are we going to pay this bill? How are we going to do this? It was because we made a choice to give purpose to our money and when the time came, it was so freeing. Yeah, because I made a decision back here, it freed me to live better today. So when you give purpose to your money, it actually frees you to live better. It gives you that freedom. You know, the world says that you can't buy a house in this day and age. The young people are never going to be able to. There's young people in our church that listen to this and they had house accounts and they faithfully put money in there and they made a choice and they're buying houses in this day and age. It is possible if you choose to give purpose to your money instead of just earning it and giving it away. Because see, you need to make a choice. You decide where you're going to spend your money, your money or other people will decide for you. Now, I work in the business world. I work for a franchise. And um, we have weekly meetings, weekly meetings about how I can get more of your money. We meet weekly to discuss how can I get more of your money. Buy one coffee. I want you to buy a coffee and a cake. No, I need to convince you to buy a coffee and sit down and have breakfast. Now I need to convince you to not just buy a coffee and have breakfast. I need you to have the big breakfast because then I'm going to get more of your money. Because you haven't decided what you're going to do with it. I'm going to decide what you're going to do with it. I'm going to entice you. I'm going to advertise to you. I'm going to put billboards up. I'm going to put ads on TV. I'm going to hound your Facebook. Man, if you just mention, I might go on a holiday to Hawaii. The next three weeks, what do you think is going to show up on my Facebook feed? Hawaii trips. We are listening. <laughs> so you choose where you spend your money or we will. And it's simple choices. I'm not saying you can't go have breakfast. But when you're there, maybe don't choose the, the avo, smashed avo that's like $15. Have just the eggs on toast, which is $9. Like it's a simple choice like that that can make a massive difference in your future. Simple choices make big differences because we decide 
where our money goes. Because then I can be purposeful. You know, the Bible talks about it heaps. Resist temptation and it will flee from you. But we think of that just spiritually, like the devil coming like a roaring lion. But you know what? The world is tempting you for your money. You need to resist it. You need to resist it. When you're in that shop, this is something that I do. But when you're in the shop and you see that thing you want, leave. (laughs) I know that's profound. Go home. (laughs) And two weeks later, if you're still talking about it and you still truly believe you need it, then maybe go buy it. It's gone now. (laughs) But then God said you didn't need it. Because that stops that impulse buy. Yeah, that's right. Two weeks later, if you're honestly still, then come on. I always say I need to talk to my wife about it. That's my little thing. I go, I'll chat to Leah about that and get her opinion. And then if we both agree, then we go back and get it. Um, it's the perfect thing when you get phone calls like, hey, do you want to sign up to this? Or someone knocks on your door. I always just say, look, I can't make any decision without talking to my wife. Yeah. And full stop, that's done. I'm not going to sign in. I'm not going to give you any money. I'm nothing until I talk to my wife. And then we talk about it because we want to be deliberate where our money goes. Because I'm called to make a difference. I'm called to achieve something. And I want to be different. I want to be different. It's that whole, I want to live like no one else is living right now so that I can live like no one else is living later on. I want to be able to be generous and free because I made decisions today that allow me to do that. So give purpose to your money. And trust me, a small thing like that makes such a huge difference because you suddenly go, my wedding account, my engagement ring account, my house account, my holiday account, how important are those things? You will never take money back out of them because there's a purpose to it. And you're not going to steal from that. You know, I made a decision when Jaya was born, my little boy, this is a secret. I'm putting $10 a week aside into an account. And my goal is on his 21st birthday, I want to give him $21,000 just as a little birthday gift. But that sounds massive, doesn't it? In scheme of things, if I just turned around to Leah on his 21st birthday and said, hey, babe, let's give him $21,000, she'll probably say no. But what is the cost to me of $10 a week? I, I don't even notice it. It's just electronically transferred. It's $10. But yet, I get to have a profound impact on my son's life because I made a conscious decision to do something diligent. And I've sort of decided that I probably won't do that. I'm going to probably buy a unit. I'll go halves with him and we'll buy a unit. But whatever you do with it is irrelevant. But I want to make a difference in his life because I was willing to give up a, a coffee a week, like two or three coffees, whatever, 10 bucks a week. Man, I wish my dad did that for me. (laughs) Anyway, um, which actually leads me perfectly into my next point, which is small sacrifices today. Small sacrifices now make big impact in your future. When we make small choices today, we'll make a massive difference in your future. And I'm not talking about you giving up your whole entire life. Um, all the young guys that, that I've talked through through this that are, that are buying units and stuff still look trendy as, still have stuff, still do things because you just make the small little choices. It's not about giving up everything. 
but it's just being wise with what we do. And it's those small little things that make such a big difference in the future. And the verse that I wanted to look at here was Joseph. You know how Joseph had that dream about the world having seven years? No, I'm, I'm skipping forward, sorry. Getting a little excited. Hebrews, Hebrews it's actually in. He, Hebrews. It says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness, peace for those who have been trained by it. No discipline at the point in time feels great. Whenever you're getting corrected or even just getting encouraged words, saying you did awesome but you could do this better, it never feels great at the time. When you go to the gym, it doesn't feel awesome at getting up early in the morning. It's like four degrees. You're like, what am I doing? It never feels great. But the outcome does. And it's the same thing with our money. It may not feel great today to sacrifice something or to give something up. But trust me, the future that you get from it is so much more. It is so much more. Because we made a small choice today which frees us in the future. Like, I've made the choice that I want to pay off my home loan in 10 years. Because I am set that I am not going to be a slave to the land, the bank, whoever. I'm not going to be a slave. I want to be free and I want to be able to use everything I have to impact the kingdom of God and not be giving it to a bank. So I will do what it takes to get there. And it's the small little choices. So if you have a look at the screen, I've got a slide I'm going to chuck up. So somewhat average unit price in Sydney is $700,000. let us say we get a $700,000 loan. It's a 30-year term, which means we will finish... If we start in June 2018, uh, we will pay off our home loan in January 2048. Doesn't that sound exciting? 2048. I can't even like fathom 2048. Anyway, and we will pay an interest. So the bank is going to make off of you $547,000. Hence why they like home loans. $547,000 and you bought a $700,000 unit. It's nearly double what you spent to start with. So if we go to the next slide, I want to show you the power of making small decisions. If I give up my coffee and I save $25 a week and I invest that in my home loan above the repayments, I now will save $36,000 off the interest of my home loan. And I cut a year and nine months off the time by giving up a small, simple thing, a simple little choice. Let's go to the next slide. Let's say we give up eating out. We start packing our lunch and not having that McDonald's on the way home and all of that stuff. And let's say it's $50 a week. We have saved 60, let's just go $69,000. Have a look at this. Three years. Three years of your life. If you have a mortgage, you understand the pain of seeing like one whole wage disappear every week. Imagine three years of that coming back to you by giving up $50 a week. Let's go really hard and go to the next slide. All right. I give up my coffee and my lunch. Oh, it's painful. $95,000. 
four years and seven months where you're making the money, not the bank. Simple sacrifice today makes a big difference in your future. It's a choice. It's a choice. Awesome. You all caught that? <laughs> um, just some couple of little things. How do we sacrifice? Recreation doesn't have to cost money. We live in Australia. It is a beautiful nation. We have beaches. We have national parks. We have, like, seriously some amazing things. You could just walk around the harbour and it's a fun day. Man, on the weekend, the train's like, what, $2 for the whole day or something? Like, what is this? But we think we have to spend so much money to have fun. We have to go to the movies. We have to go to laser tag. We have to go to jump zone. Like, why? What happened to the days where you could just jump in the backyard? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you now got to go pay for it, people. Um, I grew up somewhat in the generation where we just disappeared in the morning into the bush. I lived across the road from the national park. And we came back in the afternoon. And we just had fun. In the bush. And I, I, you know what, I, I will be honest, I was preparing this message and this hit me hard because most weekends, me and Jile, we go have breakfast together and then we catch up with Leah and we go to a shopping center and we go do something. And I was like, man, I haven't taken him out to the national park. I haven't, like, I haven't been doing these things with him. I go, I'm going to change. And me, I chatted to Leah about him. We're changing. We're going to start doing this. We're going to go to the beach. We're going to go to the national park. We're just going to go to parks. We're going to just catch up with people, have a picnic at a park. Like, why does it have to be at a cafe? Like, we didn't grow up doing that. Why do we think we have to do that now? Simple decision. Sorry, I really, that one really hit me. This one was a funny one. I didn't say it this morning, but exercise. You know, the most fittest people, the army and prisoners. Just putting it out there. The army and prisoners have two things in common. <laughs> they don't have a gym. Now, the prisoners do now, and the army probably does now. But they do most of their work just outside, like just doing, what's it called? I, I should know this, where you're not using a weight, but you use, you're using, yeah, resistance training. They use resistance training. Isn't that interesting? Mm. Gym membership. Do you know what the biggest growing industry is right now? The biggest growing industry. Have a look what's popping up in every corner. Gyms. Um, movies, entertainment, how many subscriptions do you need? How many songs do you need? How many times do you have to binge watch Netflix for the rest of your life? Anyway, um, fix things that are broken. Keep your car longer. It doesn't die at 100,000 Ks. That's a myth. Um, Buy and sell used things. I love this one. It, it talks about go to a garage sale and buy the toy you need for your kid. And then once they've grown out of it, have a garage sale and sell it. So if you bought it for 10 and you sell it for 7 it costs you $3. Simple things. That the generation before us, they got this. They lay-bied stuff. They lived with the same things, man. My parents had the same TV from the moment I was born till the moment I left that house. One TV. I've already owned five. <laughs> no. Long story. As I said at the beginning, I wish I learnt this earlier. And then another one that was on here that was really cool. Um, save money on fuel. 
save money on fuel. And you know how it says how we should do this? Stop being a hoon. <laughs> Stop at the set of lights thinking that you need to beat the car next to you, that you need to be the fastest person that leaves that place. Just drive. Just, just, just slow down and just take off like you have Jesus in your car and you might save some money. Here's some just simple tits just to have some fun with you. But I just wanted to point out that it's that easy to cut back a little bit in your life. You know what? You choose where your money goes. Look at your money at the end of the week. If it's going in, like eating out is your biggest bracket every month, you're spending the most money on eating out. Is that truly defining who you are? Do you want that thing to be? I want to get to the place where donations is my biggest expense on a monthly basis. That's my goal. I want it to be the biggest expense in my life because I have freed myself. I have budgeted so well that I can give so much. Imagine that. Like, I love the fact. I, I've had the opportunity to give away two secondhand cars and then I got the opportunity to give away a brand new car and my next goal is to give away a unit. I have shared this before. And then I have faith once I've given a unit that I'm going to bless someone with a house. That is my goal. <laughs> I want to... I want to know that I own my money, it doesn't own me, and that I can make a difference in this world that I live in. So that is a choice. And I need to make choices today to see that come to pass. Otherwise, it'll only ever be a dream. But it can be a possibility if you choose to. So I want to reflect. I don't want eating out to be the biggest aspect of my monthly expenses. You make that choice. What is the biggest thing in your monthly expenses? And then the last one is... Know your seasons. And this is Joseph and the dream. Seven years of great harvest and seven years of famine. And he says to Pharaoh, in the first seven years, we need to store up the grain. And then in the second, we can distribute it. You know that it says in that first seven years, there was that much grain that he couldn't count it anymore. They couldn't keep account of how much they had stored up. And then in the seven years of famine, it says the famine, that word is hard to say. The phantom, fan, <laughs> let's just move on. In that period, there was no grain to be found in the world except in Egypt. Man, who wants to be a storehouse in the good and the bad seasons of the world. I want to be known that whether we are in harvest or famine, famine, that my storehouse will always have. That I will not worry, I will not be in need because I was wise with what God gave me, in the good and in the bad. You know, Jesus shares that parable about the guy that said, oh, I've made so much, I'm going to build another barn, and then I'm going to build another barn, and then I'm going to build another one, and I can sit down and enjoy the rest of my life. And Jesus says, little did he know that he was going to die tomorrow. I don't want to store up barns here on earth for no reason. I want to be all that God created me to be, the blessing that he wants me to be. So I want to be a conduit that in good and bad, I can just deliver what God has. So know the seasons that you're in and be wise in those seasons. If you're in a season of harvest, don't just go, yay, I can have everything right now. Know what seasons are to come. 
Because the world thinks about here and now. All it teaches us is to think about yourself, think about your needs, think about the here and now. It's all about pleasing, meeting your need today. Where we should be kingdom-minded, looking at the future. What's to come? What can I be a part of? Where can I sow? How can I make a difference in this world? Other than just pleasing myself. I want to be something more. So know your seasons. I'm going to finish with this as the band comes up. I had, um, I had someone call me and um, they had obviously already called their dad and their mom and tried the people in their life. And I think I was probably the last resort. Um, they were in a tough season. They, they actually, they earn more than me, but they're in a tough season. And the bank was about to take their unit off them. The bank was about to take it back. And there was a substantial amount they had to pay by the end of the next week to be able to keep their unit. And at first, the way they were talking, I was like, man, how much is this going to be? But then when it got to it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I, like, I've got that. Like, that's in my storehouse. Like, I'm a, I'm a grain. I have that grain when the world may not. And... I said to them, okay, we, we can help with that, but I need to talk to my wife. So then I rang up, no, I waited till I got home and we sat down and I was like, oh, babe, we really need to talk about something because this is substantial. And I sat down with my wife and I said, these people need this sum and I know them. If we give it to them, I highly doubt they will ever give it back. If they do, that's awesome, but I don't know if they will. And my wife, without hesitation, said, give it anyway. And it just hit me. I was like, man, that is who I want to be, that it's irrelevant. I'm here to make a difference. I'm now free because we made decisions and, and sacrifices and little things, but I'm now free to be Christ to this world, to be the light to this world because they're not Christians and now there's someone that has saved their unit and whether they pay me back or not is not a concern because I am called to be the light to this world. So I want to inspire you the budgeting doesn't ruin your life. It doesn't restrict you. It frees you to be Christ to this world, to be the salt, to be the light, because we are called to be different. And God will reward me, whether He rewards me here on earth or in heaven. I am none more than bothered, if that's a word. Because we are blessed to be a blessing. So let's... Stop, take check, and be all that we are called to be. Thanks. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com, or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.